4: This is Live Bet Saturday on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. folks, and welcome in. It is Live Bet Saturday here on v the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Pamela Maldonado here as well. We are eight days away from Super Bowl Sunday. We've got plenty to get to. The calm before the storm, a quiet Mm -hmm. day here at Circa. Uh, Not many people chilling out there. It's a quiet morning, Slayton College Hoops, which we'll get to here momentarily. But uh, we are waiting for the masses to come in. You just what? You just flew in, right? What was the airport? What was the vibe like?
3: I flew in last night at 9 p.m. It's Friday night, a week before the Super Bowl already jam-packed. The Uber ride-share line was just bananas. So if anybody is flying in, have patience. And what I ended up—what do- I ended up doing that worked out uh, especially beneficial was I requested my Uber share while I was getting my ba- my luggage. Okay. So by the time I got to the spot, I had a lesser wait time. And I heard people complaining that the service. There's so many people. <laughs> I sent the girls a message. And I was like, "Y'all have patience, because it's bonkers."
4: <laughs> well, patience and humanity do not go hand in hand. So that probably won't really happen. But we do have a big day of college basketball. We've got three top ten battles today in the world of college hoops. Now, those don't happen until later today. i got some skin in the game a little bit later on this Saturday. But we have to start with updating the morning window and really the game of the morning window. UConn on the road against St. John's. We're over at Madison Square Garden for this one. And I don't want to say everybody and their mothers, Pam, but I will say uh, that we'll just say the Johnnies, I think as people call them, very popular selection here. We had an opener overnight of UConn as a four and a half point favorite. Uh, we are now down to three at multiple spots with this total of 145 and a half. A very fascinating game between these two. Big thing to watch in this matchup, of course, is going to be UConn's ability to grab second chance opportunities. We're going to see if they can do it, but uh, uh, Matt Humans has uh, just started the college basketball. What is it? What's the official phrasing of it? The college basketball contest that we do on Friday nights now. And there were quite a few of the entrants that were on St. John's here. So this is kind of a group thing play. And I know a lot of people uh, get a little nervous when that happens, but uh, a lot of smart people here on St. John's. And I think that's the big one we're watching. Do you get nervous when there's a lot of people on the same side? Are you one of those uh, folks? Of
3: course. If I have so many people who are on the same, like, underdog as me, I'm like, oh, man, what did I get wrong? What am I overlooking? <laughs> it's the trendy underdog, right? The that's dog you, with that's fleas that's is Chris Felica. <laughs> That's what you end up looking for. So, yeah, that makes me nervous.
4: Yeah, well, I know Caesar called it. What did you call it? Caesar, a system play for St. John's here today against UConn. So number one Huskies in danger, potentially. Spread would tell you, too, it's going to be a little dicey on the road, only laying three and a half for for UConn. So as we mentioned, it's part of a really massive college basketball slate here today. There are quite a few top ten matchups that we're going to see. I will say that there's some pretty good spots later today that we'll get to as well. But the big ones we're going to watch later today, Duke on the road against North Carolina, is going to be a massive matchup. Matchup there as uh, North Carolina looking for, I guess, double revenge, but UNC is a four and a half point favorite in that game against Duke and the other ones later today, too. The other one uh, we talk about, like, this is kind of the theme, I think, of today in college basketball, Pam, is there's a lot of people who think kind of the same thing. So we have St. John's is a pretty popular play for a lot of people, we've got Kentucky at home against Tennessee is a very popular play Kentucky of course going down to Florida in overtime earlier this week at home so Kentucky looking to bounce back after a loss there and the interesting one not as popular but still pretty popular number eight Kansas at home against number four Houston catching points how about this Tim Murray had this stat the other day uh, when I was on the show with him on primetime Kansas in the last, I think it's two year or twenty years, has been a home underdog just three times. Wow! So this is going to be pretty interesting. As Kansas now catching one with a total of one thirty four and a half. Ken Palm projection was Houston minus five, so well off of some of the more popular projections. But can't wait to watch. So what's a, what's a Saturday like before the Super Bowl for Pam? You know we gotta we got the week off from football. I mean, I guess technically we do have the Senior Bowl coming up. Does that tickle your fancy? You want to watch the Senior Bowl at all?
3: I've never once seen the Senior Bowl. Can't. I, I gotta be honest here. So
4: like. <laughs> John Vontobel when he was young, like, I like hardcore. The,
3: I like to see the highlights and yeah. the storylines.
4: So like when I was coming up, like when I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, and I was taking things seriously. Uh, I would watch like Senior Bowl practices. I would watch the full game. I actually really used to like it. Not so much here. But we had an interesting thought. We were talking with Eric Eager about this the other day is you can get, if you find somewhere that really would allow you to do this, because there's only a couple of spots that actually hang up a line for the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. you could do your last Wong teaser of the season. Could have teased <laughs>
1: up the underdog in the season. Senior
4: bowl and then teased up the Kansas city chiefs got through the key numbers and boom, there you go. We get another one. So yes, a little degenerate, but still uh, a lot of fun here. So what's Saturday? What is it? What does this weekend look like for you? you? Do you get ready for the super bowl? What do you watch? What is the sports intake? Is there tennis?
3: Uh, there is tennis happening, yeah. but it's like smaller. It's like a to, lower level one. It's like lower yeah. level, the 250 events, um, stuff happening across the country. For me, just because it is in Vegas, I have the girl gang that's coming in. They come in on Tuesday. They come in on Wednesday. So we're planning out all of our dinners, our parties, all these things and such. So unfortunately, as a woman, the week of Super Bowl, I got to go shopping. I got to get stuff ready. Shopping for what? I, I, you got to get dressed up. It's, it's the week. It's the final week. It's We're doing a lot. We're going. We're having like a girl dinner every day this week. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to survive. Where are you <laughs>
4: watching the Super Super Bowl. That's always the big uh, question. We're
3: going. To, we'll be at Westgate. Um, okay. We have right. a table because, of course, Kelly in Vegas uh, does works with the Superbook, uh, so we will be there.
4: All right, cool. I'll see you there. I'm just gonna barge in and get uh, get a spot <laughs> at the table here, unless it's one of those big booths. You yeah, haven't decided yet, because now with the, with the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas, it's a pretty interesting dynamic where it's like. Do I, as a Las Vegas resident, do what I usually do, which is hang out with the homies and, you know, we'll bet on commercials and do a whole (laughs) lot of fun stuff and, you know, watch the game? Or do we take advantage of the amenities that are here in Las Vegas and go out on the town? Now, the big caveat, and I've told Caesar this, I don't know if you remember my wife is a 49ers fan, right? So I feel like I have to acquiesce to her. Like Caesar mentioned, we were talking about this last <laughs> week. Uh, watching a Super Bowl when your team's in it with a bunch of like drunken fools probably, probably it gets pretty irritating, especially if everybody else is rooting for Kansas City. <laughs> so I feel like I got to put her in a safe space. So I'm going <laughs> well, to let her decide.
3: Safe space. Well, I got to let her. Trust me, I've been there before. I love that. It, it's 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 uh,
4: it is insane. So we have the number right Adapter. here too. By the way, uh, San Francisco 49ers, a two point favorite, total of 47 and a half. We're going to have a lot of analysis on this throughout the day but as it, as it stands right now pam when you look and you've had time to digest this and and look at this matchup with the 49ers and remember the day that we were here for the nfc championship game afterwards you and you and i and caesar were sitting there having drinks we watched the line crash down to 49ers minus one we're back up to 49ers minus two but the two is the juice side over at DraftKings kings at minus 115 right. total's pretty steady at 47 and a half Have your thoughts changed? Where are you at just generally with the side for the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs?
3: My thoughts have not changed, and I will be sticking with the Kansas City Chiefs on the money line, plus 105. Um, The two kind of is irrelevant to me when it comes to the Super Bowl. Just pick the winner, and so I'm going with the Chiefs as the winner.
4: Okay. One last time going head-to-head, huh? I like the San Francisco 49ers. I've thought about this, I've thought about it a lot, and I told you guys, and I promised you guys, right, that if they got here, I wouldn't pick against Patrick Mahomes again. I couldn't do it. <laughs> except it, that
3: you are. <laughs> except the, except that
4: I am. And, and, and he, and, and look, we all know about it by now, the 10-101 against the spread, and I just, man, a lot, and I could be wrong here, obviously, but a lot of what I saw in the matchup against Baltimore, right. I think that there's similar things that San Francisco could do here against Kansas right. City, that they can take advantage of and I'm saying this cautiously because sometimes dudes just ball when they're in that spot and we have seen it before with the Kansas City Chiefs but I just think there's a lot that the 49ers can do. And by the way, it starts with Christian McCaffrey, yeah. which we're going to get into MVP conversations as well. But I, I gravitate toward the San Francisco 49ers. I, I, don't, I, is, I hate it. I do hate it. Is it because
3: the Niners are going to be wearing white jerseys? Yeah, what's the trend? <laughs> and there's that trend that they're undefeated when the team is wearing a white jersey. <laughs>
4: yeah, I think or is it undefeated or it's like, it's like 9 out of the last 10 like or 10 out of last 11 stat. or something. Yeah, something ridiculous, some trend with the team wearing white jersey. So yeah, it could be the case. By the way, there, So, I want to dispel this immediately. So, there's this thought that uh, there's going to be some minor home field advantage for the San Francisco 49ers. Have well, you guys oh. seen the ticket prices? The, 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 the rabid San Francisco 49ers fan that would cheer for their team and make it a home field advantage are not going to be at a Legion. They're going to be around town. They're right. going to be out here. Correct. They're going to be getting drunk and partying around Las Vegas. Yeah. But there's absolutely no shot that that crowd's going to be. Uh, it might be pro San Francisco, but it's not going to be the point where you get a home field advantage bump.
3: Well, I mentioned that I just flew in last night, and I told you, I saw nothing but 49er shirts. I didn't see a single Chiefs jersey shirt anywhere, nothing. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. An entire week, eight days ahead, and I'm seeing nothing but San Francisco. Here for the week? Great. Have fun and party. But like your point, it could just be, they're around town, they're on the strip, there's so many places, so many bars, so many watch parties, that it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be gravitating towards $5,000 ticket prices. Yes, absolutely.
4: (laughs) Uh, The other factor, of course, too, Joe Tooney, we don't know what his status is going to be. Now, you get at the extra week, right? So you got the week here you're going to get the other week leading up to the actual game itself so Tooney's status is going to be pretty important here for Kansas City as we saw remember the first Super Bowl that they got to and that they lost to Tom Brady that offensive line was a mess four of the five starters weren't there exactly Patrick Mahomes was running for his life so zero touchdowns yep and Tooney's going to be a massive massive deal here if he's going to be healthy or not
3: I think oh I'm just because I say I like the Chiefs does not mean that I'm necessarily putting my money on that. I have been a total truther when it comes to the playoffs, so I'm going to stick with the total in this one. And under 47 and a half would be my strongest play. And taking the Chiefs on the second half under and the fourth quarter under; those are the ones that I'm going to be sticking to most. But I would love to see the Chiefs because it, man, Mahomes! I want to see him win another Super Bowl. Why not?
4: You do? I do. You don't want to see like a different team kind of take this thing?
3: Um. I mean, a I, bit, I, would like be, a I would be happy here? as a Big 12 girl. I would be so happy to see Brock Purdy, absolutely, Mr. Irrelevant, come into the Super Bowl and just like, hey, against Mahomes, mm-hmm. get it done. That would be the storyline that I would want to watch. But I really love just the Chiefs. I was one of the doubters of like, oh, maybe this is the year that they go under their season win total, proving me wrong. And here they are, so yeah, why not? Yeah,
4: well, uh, as somebody who uh, holds a futures ticket on the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, I never doubted you guys. I've been here one hundred percent of the time. You're doubting them now? Uh, well, yeah, I did doubt them like, every step of the way, uh, but I still had the future. I was one of the few. I was one of the few. There's dozens so, of. So then, are us. you hedging? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's talk about that later.
3: I want San Francisco when I don't know if I'm. I hedging. haven't decided yet
4: because I just I. I am a let it ride guy. Like right. a couple of years Max back, value. um, I had a 66 to one ticket on the Boston Celtics win the NBA finals and they got there and I never did anything with it. And right. they eventually lost and I lost out on that ticket, but I, you know, I'm a let it ride guy. Like I bet it because I think it can happen. So why would I, why would I try to take a bite of it? And last week I actually got lucky because I was going to the money line price got a little too high. I was like, I'll wait for an in-game spot and it never approached cause I never needed to. So yep. I I'm debating. I say yes and no <laughs> by the time Sunday comes around, we'll, we'll see if that's going to the case. your mind 10 times. All right, UConn, up 5-3, 1745 left to go in the first half. The big spot this morning is a red storm trying to pull the upset of three-and-a-half-point underdogs in Madison Square Garden. We'll keep track of that and more. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started here on Live that Saturday.
1: This is live bet
4: Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you bet the big game, check out VSIN's big game prop special show today. They're gonna to have your favorite prop bets, picks, and best bets from Vsin hosts and guests. You can also find out which props cash the most tickets. Check out the VSIN Big Game Prop Special today, 7 p.m. Eastern. Guys at the handle will have you covered and check out all of the Super Bowl 58 coverage at vCin.com slash Super Bowl. That's V-S-I-N.com slash Super Bowl. Pam Maldonado and Jonathan Von Tobel here with you today on live bet Saturday. Pam prop wise. I don't care about I don't care about the um right the the, the basics, right? Rushing, receiving, rushing attempts, right. How do like how do you get down on props? Do you have fun? Do you like to bet a lot? Do you bet a little? Does it matter or does it vary by Super Bowl? How wacky do you get with some of the props? I have very good Super Bowl prop stories that I enjoy. <laughs> um What's your prop portfolio look like on Super Bowl Sunday?
3: It's very dependent on matchup. Um, no I, stop. It, 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 no. It, it really, really is. It doesn't is. have to be all it, plus it, EV,
4: man. Like sometimes we can just have fun. It's
3: a Super Bowl. Like I've never once bet on like the color of the Gatorade or like what song is going to be played first at halftime. I've never it's, been.
4: It's yeah. By the way, if Usher <laughs> yeah. and Lil John don't open up with yeah, I don't know what we're doing. But and those are
3: like the obvious ones, right? And yeah. then it ends up being some like other random one. But like no, like is he going to
4: open up with Confessions? That's be a, <laughs> t- it's a total downer.
3: I mean, total, Maybe a, a new song. I don't know. I don't know enough of Usher songs to be able to like oh, new properly analyze that. Yeah, but no, like I'm not really. I like betting college football, the national championship, way more than I like betting the Super Bowl props. I think there's a lot more opportunity in the natty than. And so I have like in the past, I did um, Mac Jones. His I did a ladder on his passing yardage. That came to fruition in like every metric. Nat- of, oh, national like, championship. Maths. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, the national championship. Um, I think if this was like more, if this was like the older version of the Kansas City. Chiefs, where we knew that Mahomes was going to absolutely ball off and this was going to be like a 300 passing game and all of the receiving yards, Like I could have more fun. But the defense is kind of showing up for them. So I think when it becomes more of a defensive game, which is what I'm thinking, which is why I like Blame. the under, Blame. then I'm not as intrigued to want to like lay down on all this stuff.
4: I, I love betting Super Bowl props. They're awesome. Uh, entering Super Bowl prop contests is absolutely a, a fun
3: time. There's the contest. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, well, like so last year, I don't know if they're doing it over there at the the Westgate again, but uh, they had a prop contest. And I'm going to look around town to see because I haven't really researched if anybody has one. Um but you, you, they give you a sheet of like 30 props and you gotta pick, you know, you gotta bet each one, it's like a hundred, $150 to get in. Uh, yeah, and then you bet each prop and then you see if you can do it. Last year I entered it, did not win, because I'm still here, if I had won it. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't think the, I don't think the prize was anything crazy, but dude, I love it. So my favorite prop story, uh, it is the the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. It was right. actually uh, V sin now V Cin Super Bowl is a special time for those who don't remember. Uh, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl was our very first broadcast, so we're coming up on our mm-hmm. birthday again. Um, but it was for that Super Bowl, and the South Point at that time had a prop. It was called the Battle of Beantown, <laughs> and it was Isaiah Thomas when he played for the Boston Celtics at that time. Points versus Patriots points. (laughs) And Isaiah Thomas, I was like, oh, dude, I bet the Patriots, I think they're like minus a half point. Isaiah Thomas goes nuts the day before. Scores like 32 points. I'm like, I'm screwed. Like, This is <laughs> this sucks. Uh, the Patriots are, and, of course, the Patriots go down 28 to 3, so I'm like, well, this is done. I'm toast. Like, This is no shot. They come storming back. They go to overtime, and the game-winning touchdown is what got me that prop oh. uh, against uh, against Isaiah Thomas. I absolutely love props, man. They're great. The cross props are absolutely I phenomenal. Say,
3: I like the cross-sports one, especially yeah, I did one when it was uh, Australian Open, Novak Djokovic, a few years back to See? win, and with the, I think it was the Chiefs. Um, I have to look back but yeah that was one of the cross sports that i like to do um mac, mac, mixed in with even like the wta but See, yeah. so like
4: here you go so you're a golf, you're a golfer right mm-hmm. you like golf you're a great athlete which is why if anybody wanted to i don't know get in a mixed martial arts match with you they would probably get destroyed <laughs> what will be more the waste management phoenix open winning score versus Brock Purdy's gross passing yards, the Waste Management Phoenix Open winning score, minus 17 and a half. See? Right. Let's do this thing. Come on. There's yeah. a lot of different stuff out there. Also,
3: that requires like a lot of thinking. How
4: about this? <laughs> this one's a little bit more simple. Victor Hovland's fourth round score, okay. versus Travis okay. Kelsey receiving yards. Kelsey minus a half. Kelsey's uh, yeah. floating around 70.
3: 70, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, no, Victor Hovland, I would probably lean to the way of Victor Hovland. He's kind of on fire right now, as he has been. One of the players that I was like super excited to see about in 2024 season. And yeah, he's playing really well. And as long as weather doesn't become an issue because of the wind, that would be the only concern. Check the wind if you're doing anything golf related. Yep.
4: See, that's what I told you. See, this is great. This is what I we I also do haven't
3: like dove into like all of the details yet. We're, we still got eight days. I know, but i I have saying- a good number. I also like to look at stuff like you mentioned. Let's get rid of the board. Stuff, the passing yards, receiving yards. I yeah. want to look at the players that are probably like under the radar. We know Christian McCaffrey's going to have a good game. We know Travis Kelsey's going to have a good game. At least that's the assumption. I want to look at the players that are probably more under the radar who could possibly get like a trick play. The creativity of these coaches, uh, Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, that could present itself with the opportunity for like I don't know like a fullback in Kyle Juszczyk to get like a touchdown which he had back in 2020 something um, a little bit more of value
4: so actually that that leads me to one of my favorite props this and this is a basic prop um, it actually involves Kyle Juszczyk so as we remember in the AFC championship game or excuse me the NFC championship game right. Kyle Juszczyk got what three targets caught what one or two balls right? right some pretty big chunk plays for him and his reception prop in that game was just a half. Right. And he goes over that, obviously. Correct. And so we've seen the market really freak out about this, and his reception prop is a half again. Right. The over is like minus 165.
3: Are you and I like on the same notes? I literally have. I mentioned it because okay, that's, one the, that's one of the discrepancies that I saw. Yeah. His re, You check's receptions was for a half, over half is minus 165, but his receiving yards is three and a half yards at minus 115. Mm. That is just such like a discrepancy for like a dollar, something, dollar value yep. that I'm like, you take the over three and a half like every time.
4: If you yeah, correct. So if you like it, you'd, I would bet the over in there. Um, but my favorite angle is I am betting under a half reception. The guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the guy has
4: 17 targets, not in the postseason, right? Not in the second Total. half of the year, not in December. The whole season, he's got 17 targets, and you're laying a buck 65 on him to go over a half reception.
3: Well, my thinking on this is, I'm trying to think of the under the radar players, and if Debo Samuel's going to be getting the attention, uh, Ayuk is going to be getting the attention. Is it Christian McCaffrey? I mean, you're going to look towards the forgotten man downfield. That's, could be you check.
4: Oh, like I get the thinking for me, it's all about the price. Right. like right. the Is implied, it plus money at you, under? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well the over is minus one sixty five. So right. we're like if you're you're the, the implied probability of a guy that's got seventeen targets on In the season. season at minus one sixty five to get a reception is insane. <laughs> so I'm willing, you know what I mean? Like that's one of the ones that's immediately I'm like, dude, that's But also I can't like turn think, think of all
3: the attention that his wife is getting because of her uh clothing line nah, and all the of I
4: plan? think
3: all of this kind of goes into like, hey, he's maybe like the hype guy right now. Let's kind of no. give him a <laughs> No, no.
4: I don't think Kyle Shanahan's like, you know, Kyle, your <laughs> wife did a great job making those coats. Let's go ahead let's, and get let's you, you up a, Let's <laughs> keep you up a wide open pass here. So it's we can just, get something done.
3: I mean, for me, it's really simple. Who's going to be the guy that's not being targeted? Who's not going to be paid attention to? That's going to be him. I throw him a bone <laughs> with one.
4: <laughs> well, and then we get the... Uh, we'll see. I mean, then we get the maybe potential of a drop, which would be incredible. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's... So we're we're talking about this because, again, later today, if you're just joining us, the handle will have a prop special, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can find out which props the guys like. You get an analysis there. And if you want more on that, you go to vson.com slash Super Bowl. But, like, this next... guy, Like, it, it, the Superbook puts out their props like on Wednesday, Thursday. It's like a big deal. Everybody's been hanging up props throughout this entire season. A lot of different books out here. Stations did it out here in Las Vegas. DraftKings has a ton up. So, like all of these props have now hit the market. So it's like a lot to kind of over, like to go over. Let me ask you the general question. Yeah. Do you believe with the general consensus of some handicappers that will tell you bet overs early, bet unders late because the public will get their hands on these things. All they want to do is bet one thing. I right. we'll mm-hmm. bet these games over. Famously, the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl, for those who don't remember, uh, where both teams combined for over 1,000 yards of total offense set the record for most yards in a single Super Bowl. It was a bloodbath for the books because every prop went over. Every player <laughs> went over their receptions. Every player went over their yards. It, it was a nightmare. So generally, the thought is, Over's early, under's late. Do you believe that thought process?
3: I think there is some value to that sentiment, yes. And for, I mean, I don't know how much actually uh, the general public is getting in on this action on a Monday, Tuesday, six days before the Super Bowl. Um, But I would say that come game time, there's definitely tends to be like a five to ten yard difference more often than not then, yeah, you could look to the under, especially on something like Kyle check mm-hmm. Maybe yep. his yardage is going to go up a little bit more.
4: And that's why I'm going to sit back and wait, because I, I would be fascinated to see where that ends up going, especially, like, dude, if it gets, like, I don't think it would get this crazy, but if it gets, like, one and a half receptions, right. th- th- that would be great. And even if we're talking about laying a price there. So uh, as long as I don't, the last time these two teams met, I was the victim of one of the worst beats that we'll remember in Super Bowl history. I had over Patrick Mahomes rushing yards, and if you remember, oh, the, at the end of that game, Aldenians. he ran backwards like yeah. three times, <laughs>
1: yeah. and I
4: lost it by a by the hook. It oh, was God. it was brutal. I was how I did the le- books know? I had left the room, and somebody came in and was like, "Dude, I think you lost it." I was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "He's over oh by like ten God. yards. What are you talking about?" No, he's running backwards, and he's I watched running- him do it again. I'm like, "Dude, come on."
3: I a yeah. love how you said victim. I
4: was a victim. <laughs> he did that to me. It was absolutely ridiculous. All right, we'll take our break here. Uh, let's continue with the football talk, but let's talk about uh, a little draft in. Spinning this forward, Thor Nyström is going to be with us. Let's talk about these players as we spin this forward and what they're going to do at the Senior Bowl and what we're expecting for the game itself. Because we do have a point spread on it, folks. Don't go anywhere. This is live Bet Saturday on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Put the decent experts to work for you folks and uh, get a VSIN Pro subscription. Tell you what, if you want to do it, I'll give you 10% off. An annual subscription. All you got to do now is go to v slash subscribe. Use a promo code live, L-I-V-E. And you're going to get access to everything we have for pro subscribers. That includes daily best bets, the betting splits from DraftKings, big game betting guide, which is coming out, and our daily write-ups in every single sport. Check it out now at v slash subscribe. Remember, 10% off an annual subscription if you use the promo code live, L-I-V-E. Quick update: UConn to St. John's. Uh, Johnny's looked like they were going to let go of the rope early. It was a fourteen to seven. Well, twenty to nineteen. UConn up on top here. So a nice little battle in the Big East over at Madison Square Garden. People allege it is the mecca of basketball. I allege it's an old building over the subway. Let's talk to Nora Thor Nystrom. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Talk a little college football oh no the new york gods are coming for me uh thor we appreciate (laughs) it uh so i'll start with this you were over at senior bowl practices um i got to check out the shrine bowl when it was out here last year it's pretty cool because you get a lot of guys who are obviously uh making the transition over to the national football league Uh, what was it like what were some things that stuck out what were some of the big things that stuck out from an individual player standpoint who maybe won the week of practices in your mind
7: yeah, it's, it's always fun down there. There's things you can see, you know, as you know from, from having gone to these things, there's things that you can see there and there's things that you can't. One of the cool things is to get more access to the players, be able to ask them questions, and then get, you know, up close on them, see them up on the field, see how big they are, you know, the, the physicality against the guys across from them, different stuff like that. You don't get to see them go full go, right? Like, you know, when the defenders in the team drills come up, they're not supposed to clock the guy with the ball. It's just it's supposed to just wrap them And then, you know, they they do the whistle. I I talked to Kamani Vidal was talking about how he couldn't fully show his tackle breaking because of that sort of, you know, all-star game patois like that. But there's a lot of cool things that you can see down there and certainly learned a lot this week.
3: If players then can go full go here, one player that I was interested in was North Carolina wide receiver Tez Walker. He had he had a pretty outstanding season as a receiver, but he has had a lot of dropped passes at the Senior Bowl. How much weight do you pull from the Senior Bowl in regards to the NFL draft?
7: That was well set up because that's exactly what it was. With with Tez Walker this week, it was up and down. The thing that he proved is his athleticism is absolutely going to play at the NFL level. Obviously, in college, the thing he was best at going back to Kent State, also in North Carolina, was the goal balls, both in terms of that acceleration, stacking the dude, and then going downfield, going up and getting it. Ball skills is his number one thing downfield. Not every receiver has it, and he has the extra trump card of the late hands. You know, keeping the the defender off the the beat of the scent as that ball's descending until the very last second. You don't see a lot of college prospects that can do that. Tez can. Um, the route running though remains super duper raw the athleticism is how he wins the separation uh this week you know like you were sort of alluding to he was very up and down the athleticism played uh there was drop passes though uh and not every single time for sure uh but still trying to get more natural with that you know you sort of alluded to this too his his last season was cut down because the ncaa initially said that he couldn't play after transferring over from kent state later changed their mind and then tez uh eventually opted out of the bowl game as well still raw is a route runner but some of those Ball skills the athleticism is going to play at the NFL level
4: for sure so Thor one of the general thoughts coming out of senior bowl and when you read a lot of these think pieces are that the quarterback struggled uh, did you think that what did you see from the signal callers
7: I, I did um, more in the sense of like no one really um, stepped up and, and, and stole the show. You know, we had this sort of battle royale going in, uh, Michael Penix against Bo Nix. Jim Nagy made that more delicious by putting them on the same team. So during practice, we could throw them side by side. And neither of those guys really differentiated themselves. Bonix had a bad week, objectively. I think if you're looking for a stock down guy on the offensive side of the ball, certainly Bonix, you'd have to put him right up there. And Penix just sort of held serve. You know, he was still struggling with the things that he struggled with on tape the immediate pressure, coming up with the, the slap dash second decision uh, right off the bat there. If he gets the interior uh, pressure, in particular, because he doesn't have the wheels to escape it, uh, sometimes you just saw him throwing the ball away and different stuff like that in college uh that's the one thing he needs to get better at the nfl level because he's still not going to have the escape ability so we we did see that but michael Penning showed that he had the best arm there the best arm talent that 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 was just a fact so but yeah overall the the quarterbacks did not have a great week i thought rattler did okay i thought Pratt did okay but it was a lot of just like okay joe milton struggled you know no nobody stuck out
4: so I'm very pro uh betting under quarterbacks in the first round. If you go back since the draft has been a betting thing for 6 and 1 to the under, we tend to overvalue these guys that are on the fringes of the first round. So having said that, after you saw those two play, Bonix, Michael Penix, are they first round picks in your mind?
7: Neither will go in the first round. No, right, I, don't Bo, I don't think Bon I don't think Bonix should go in the second round. He might in the NFL draft. Uh, but to me, he's a third-round player. I think Penix is like late, mid, mid to late second kind of. Um, the NFL might end up valuing. Nick's a little bit more. I don't think they should. A lot of his production, the, the the things that he addressed that he struggled with at Auburn that when he went to Oregon where they improved, they were not a function of Bo Nick's improvement. They were a function of the offensive system. Bo Nick's had one of the fastest release times in the NCAA. It's not because he makes fast decisions, because they always had him thrown to the first read on the perimeter screens and different stuff like that. Really simple concepts, the slants. Bucky Irving got a metric ton of stuff. Bo nick got all this yak yardage just because of this. This dink and dunk you know throw it immediately type system whatever that's also why his accuracy numbers were juiced. it's also why he didn't take a ton of sacks and the efficiency numbers went way up in mobile he had a chance to sit in the pocket survey the field and show that he could do that and then make plays down the field we didn't see that at all his his arm starts to waver a bit beyond 20 yards you see the accuracy going this way and that he doesn't have the the natural lift on the ball as some of those other guys do when they're throwing the moon shots and different stuff like that and he became really risk averse as the week went on because of that he wasn't winning downfield you saw more checkdowns more checkdowns then he'd scramble you know which which always annoys us in the stands because we want to see the the receivers and the defensive backs get their chance as well so definitely a stock down for bonix
3: yep. or so i want you to look into your crystal ball for a minute and project into the 2024 season last year we had rams wide receiver uh Puka Nakua and texans tank dell They were both two under the radar prospects that did play in the senior bowl um had stellar rookie seasons Who are two under the radar players for this year?
7: The two guys that, if you were to put them in the same category as, as those two guys, it would have been Lad McConkey and Roman Wilson. Were easily the th- those were the guys that were blowing the top off, off the Senior Bowl. With McConkey, we knew some of that stuff going in. He didn't get to play all last season. I, you know, only finished with like 37 catches, something like that. But he showed throughout his career the ability to separate. I think he was 91st percentile in separation rate um, and was above that against single coverage. It's like 97th percentile in college. You look at the PFF data, which. Is isn't surprising at all. It's just really... Coming off the line, and, and, and we saw this like early on. The defensive backs and the one-on-ones were trying to get up on Lab McConkey, but a number of them got embarrassed in front of all the NFL scouts and GMs because Lab McConkey would break their ankles off mm-hmm. uh, off the line. And then all of a sudden, he'd be galloping in free space. So what you saw later on in the week, all the defensive backs were playing way off him. No one wanted any part of Lab McConkey coming off the line because you're not going to win. You're not going to be able to press him there. Um, so he was a big time win. At least, by the way, last year with Tank Dell, people started holding him in the one-on-one drills because wow. think that was just embarrassing people so Ladd McConkey, you saw some sort of parallels with that not not same players but in terms of that and then Roman Wilson was the other guy who just had an awesome week he's a he's a sick athlete he's gonna run in the four threes in Indy um and he, but he didn't get just because of the offensive uh the, the way that that was set up at Michigan he didn't get the volume of some of these other guys but he's a fabulous receiver who also consistently gets separation
4: all right well uh, how degenerate do we get here nationals a three-point <laughs> favorite with a total of 39 and a half is there anything here he actually betting this thing oh man I, even i'm not that sick and i'm pretty go. sick <laughs> yeah. i figured that was the now we were talking about the ultimate degenerate move which was actually some spots you know we're at two and a half earlier in the week you can tease that up and pair it with the super bowl if you'd like <laughs> but uh, it's a little crazy uh, all right like, before we get you out of here Thor, we got two minutes uh, through super bowl thoughts side total what do you got here I'm I'm going with the Chiefs.
7: I I was already leaning that way and then I talked to some some of the NFL guys down in Mobile. Uh it seemed like the Chiefs were per, the pretty unanimous one. One of the guys I was talking to was was talking about how in a blender uh Spagnola was going to put Purdy and how in the past whenever they've matched up, you know, Spagnola's doing all this stuff at the line and you know like uh, disguising the coverage looks and stuff like that and, and Purdy struggled against uh them during the uh his career. Kansas City's defense is obviously awesome. if you can take Purdy out of his game all of a sudden I, I think you can make the 49ers look pretty average because then the skill guys are gonna play down their their defense might be a little bit overblown the quality of it just because of the the way the game scripts went during the season in particular the run defense right because then teams had to throw whatnot uh, I and then you're talking about Pat Mahomes against Brock Purdy as well even if you don't mm-hmm. buy totally into that theory about spagnola uh being able to to, to put uh, Purdy in a blender I like the cheese in that one.
4: All right, Thor. We appreciate it, man. Uh, awesome stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thor.
7: Appreciate you, all Thanks yeah. for having me on.
4: You got it again, Thor Nyström. Follow up on social media at Thor Ku, or as I always like to, because Ku for Kansas. But as I always like to, and I think I've told Thor this before, I thought it was Thorku, like you know, like the Japanese, like Thorku, you know. But it's not <laughs> the case. Uh, it's Thor Ku. All right, twenty three, twenty two. St. John's up on top of UConn, 729 left to go in the first half. We got plenty of basketball left. We'll keep an eye on that. When we return, though, it's one of our favorite games. Something or nothing. Teams that rush for more yards in the Super Bowl, 42 and 15 straight up, 40. 14 and 3 against the spread. That's 74%. Something or nothing. Pam, we'll answer that question and more when we return.
1: or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
4: This is live Bet Saturday on V Sin, the Sports Betting Network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl Fifty Eight? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code V Sin. New customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Eight. With code V Sin, the crown is yours. Welcome back to Live that Saturday. Keep a track of College Hoops action. Uh, at one point, it was a 22-8 run for St. John's. They're currently up 27-24, 4.53 left to go in that contest. And we have a bit of breaking news. Adam Schefter has reported that Cliff Kingsbury, who it was reported on Thursday, uh, he was going to take the, head, or excuse me, the offensive coordinating job of the Las Vegas Raiders, He has withdrawn himself from consideration for the offensive coordinator job of the Raiders. Interesting, too, because the wording of Schefter's report on Thursday, it was reported that he had taken the job. But if you listen to Schefter's wording here, Pam, he has withdrawn himself from consideration consideration, for the offensive coordinator job. Mm -hmm. So somebody was off here. But either way, Cliff Kingsbury is not going to be here in Las Vegas. My conspiracy theory, and I wish we had more time with Thor because we could have gone over something like this. Mm It's not really a conspiracy theory. The writing's on the wall. Chip Kelly doesn't want to be on UCLA anymore. He doesn't want to coach college kids. He doesn't want to go to the Big Ten next year and get his face kicked in in a really hard schedule with a bunch of kids, right, that he doesn't want to court and do what needs to be done in the world of college football today. Chip Kelly gone, Offensive coordinator for either Las Vegas and or Atlanta. Those were two spots that he had been rumored to be uh, flirting around with and had interviews with. The Raiders reportedly had two interviews with him. So he's going to do one of those two spots. And when Chip Kelly leaves, Cliff Kingsbury will be the next head coach of UCLA football.
3: I think I would love that. I think Cliff belongs in the in the college football realm. I think it, it suits him better. Um, he's had a lot of experience. I would very much be looking more forward to that than him at the Raiders. It's a a better fit.
4: Yeah. Well, it's a big deal, too, for the Raiders because um, Patrick Graham, not officially yet back with the team, their defensive coordinator from last year. I know Antonio Pierce uh, is making it a point to try to get him back. And why not? They were good defensively last year. And I think Patrick Graham had a lot to do with that. And now your offensive coordinator role is, again, still empty. So a very big moment here for the Raiders who are trying to put their staff together under Antonio Pierce. And I would argue very important considering I think you're going to need a strong staff under Antonio Pierce. You can do a good job uh, with uh, most of the things that a head coach does, but you're going and need a good staff to coordinate both your offense and your defense all right so that's the news of the day again cliff kingsbury withdrawing himself from, from consideration as offensive coordinator for the las vegas raiders let's I, do it i more. will
3: say um i do want to like expand on a little bit of what thor was saying our guest that we had just uh, right before the break he was talking about the steve spagnola defense i think you and i can talk about or anybody can talk about um andy reed against kyle shanahan and i think it's really not being utilized enough into the conversation in Sp- spagnola and what he's done with the defense and how strong of a coaching scenario we should be putting him into the mix of analyzing the matchup.
4: Oh, I think the Chiefs have a massive coaching advantage, and it's not that I think the gap between Andy Reid and uh, Kyle Shanahan is like massive. It's that Kyle Shan that Andy Reid has Steve Spagnuolo, so you've got a great offensive coordinator who's on par with Kyle Shanahan in terms of play calling. And then the scales are tipped in the Chiefs' favor because you have the best defensive coordinator. And by the way, as I have likened him to, you know, I call you know Playoff Rondo is famous, right? I call him Playoff Spagnuolo. He's one of the better defensive coordinators in the postseason and the architect of putting a defense together that uh, upended the New England Patriots in their undefeated run. Like he's he's awesome. I just I really like
3: that Thor brought it up and I was like, "You know what? Yep, that's that is one of the reasons why I also like the Chiefs." Yep. So I'm just appreciative of the fact that he brought up Spagnuolo.
4: Absolutely brilliant defense coordinator who will lose on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> uh, all right, something <laughs> but you or nothing. Will not hedge. <laughs> teams that rush for more yards in the Super Bowl. 42 and 15 straight up and 40 and 14 and 3 against the spread. That's a covering at a 74% clip. Teams that rush for more yards in the Super Bowl.
3: You say 42 and 15 straight up.
4: 42 wins, 15 losses, 40 wins or covers. 14 non-covers and three pushes.
3: I will definitely say that that is something. um, When you have a balanced offense, you open up the play action passes, you open up the opportunities for some of those passing plays. When you have a quarterback similar to that of Patrick Mahomes, you just have more variety of options to open up the playbook. You can control the time of possession. It really can be won at the line of scrimmage. There's a lot of reasons that why, if you have a rush offense that is legitimate, effective, efficient, yes, I could definitely see that it makes sense to why it's 42 and 15.
4: So I think this is both something and nothing.
3: Okay. What part is because
4: it? Because I, yeah, I think it is something that you're 42 and 15 straight up and 40, 14 and three against the spread. When you rush for more yards, the reason why I would say it's also something and nothing is why, right? Why is it that way? And the reason why it is that way is what happens if you're a football team and you're up in a game, what do you do?
3: You eliminate the the run? You drop the run? No, when you have the lead. Oh, when you have the lead. Oh, yeah, you run the clock.
4: You run the clock, right? You want to run the ball. So more often than not, teams that are leading late in games are probably going to run the ball a little bit more, which means their rushing yards are probably going to go up, which means there's a high probability of the team that's in the lead late probably runs for more yards because they're trying to burn out the clock. So I, I don't think that this is predictive in any sense. I think it's more often than not the team that has the lead is running the ball to bleed out the clock at the end of these games and thus are eking out more rushing yards and then winning. And then by extension, because Super Bowls are tight, right? You're not seeing many double-digit spreads. Covering.
3: Then what could be more indicative is that similar stats, what those stats would be in the first half. Rushing for more yards in the first half. You have a lead. Do you not? Whatever.
4: Yeah. I mean, and we don't know the the actual specifics of this. This is just teams that rush for more yards. So I think that's probably why it is that way. So let's go to this next one then. Teams that average more passing yards per attempt in the NFL title game, 44-13 straight up, 37-17-3 against the spread.
3: Something. Uh, That means you have an efficient passing game. You're not doing the dink and dunk. You are going for maybe some downfield passes. Um, Blowing coverages is what you're looking for. Something. Yeah.
4: I would say so too. My next question would be, how do you predict which team is going to have more yards per attempt?
3: <laughs> exactly. Uh, which team has? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's no way. Right. It's like that.
4: Uh, it's like the whole thing. Uh, what was <laughs> it? The uh, the uh, NCAA tournament or whatever it was is uh, you, you just got to pick the winner and then you know winner. Uh, you know what is it? Uh, the winner of outright winner covers or whatever it was. Like okay, cool. So that's one piece of the pie. So pick the winner. Like what are we
1: doing?
4: <laughs> All right. Next up, teams okay. that had fewer turnovers have lost just nine times and have gone 35-9-1 to one against the spread. Hmm. Seems that's pretty I mean, easy.
3: That's the obvious of something. Yeah. It's definitely something. You win the turnover battle, more often than not, you should be winning the games.
4: Yes, I would, I would agree <laughs> with that. That's generally probably pretty good. That's indig- hey, that is
3: indicative. <laughs> we're not giving
4: the other team more possessions. <laughs> we're winning these games. This is a shocking correlation. <laughs> I can't get over it. All right, how about this one? Teams that win, uh, let's see, no, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Teams that win the time of possession battle, 41-16 and 16 straight up. 39-15-3 against the spread. I think that this ties into our first one, which is teams that rush for more yards in the Super Bowl, 42-15 straight up, 40-14-3 against the spread. Generally, if you're running the ball pretty well, you're bleeding the clock, your time of possession is going to go up. Again, talking about the team that has the lead, if you're running the ball, trying to bleed the clock, and owning time of possession, you're probably getting most of that in the second half when you're talking about um, owning it. Now, I think there is there is some correlation there. It's not, I think, perfect. You see that with the record. And obviously, if you can dominate time and possession and limit the opportunities that your opponent has, then yeah, I think you're going to be in a pretty good opportunity.
3: Um, I would generally say yes, but the, what I can't get out of my head is we saw the Bills own the time of possession. It was drastically to the Chiefs, 37 to 22, and the Chiefs still came out with the win, 27 to 24. So yep. it's not always indicative. It is more so of how effective in the time of possession that you have are you?
4: It's uh, You would want to see a correlation between time of possession and yards per play, right? Like So right. in that game, do you have that box score up? I do. So the time of possession for the Bills was in their favor, but I believe, if I remember correctly, <laughs> also, they lost out by a wide margin bile. in yards per play, yep. right?
3: So the Bills, thirty-seven minutes, only four point seven yards per play. The yep. Chiefs, only twenty-two minutes, seven point seven yards per play. Just a
4: bunch of dink and dunk and nonsense, exactly. and Ending drives, but uh, if you gave them the opportunity, all of a sudden it was like boom, 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 downfield, and we're done. We get we get the score. So, so then go with nothing. Yep. What's that?
3: So then go with nothing. Go with nothing. Yeah.
4: All right, it's Not official. Always nothing. Indicating. It's nothing. All right, favorites in the Super Bowl, thirty-five and twenty-one straight up, but twenty-five, twenty-eight and three against the spread. Uh, so favorites. <laughs> Thirty-five and twenty-one straight up, but covering at a forty-seven percent clip,
3: and eh, nothing. I never really. I've no, I'm never been one to look at against the spread trends. Really,
4: I think spreads. Are, I think like we've talked about spreads are tight. You know, these games yeah. are tight. These are two of the best teams. In the
3: line is two. Yeah. Like I mean, that's not really much of drastic difference. Like
4: I'd also like to see the last few years we've gotten quite a few Super Bowls that are under three and just floating around. Right, you know that one and a half to two and a half mark. And um, nowadays, right, I would assume that the. uh, the team that covers, or excuse me, the, te- the winning team, we'll see in terms of that um, how often they cover favorites, excuse me, if they win. I'm pretty sure that they cover the last few years if they do, well, just given the fact that, like, if the 49ers win this one, pretty good shot as a two-point favorite, you're going to cover that number. I was
3: going to say, of that detail, I would like to know how many of that was below three, like the two and a half, the pick them to the two and a half range, or the key number of three and more. Yeah, you're going to probably cover at a better rate if you were under a field goal.
4: And over the last 22 seasons, favorites just 12 and 10 against the spread, while well, the underdogs are 19 and 3. I'll have to get some more mm. details on that. AFC teams, 7 and 3, ATS, 6 and 4, straight up in the last 10. So yeah. AFC has been winning this uh, battle the last 10 years. So.
3: Holmes has been in the field. <laughs> <laughs> Holmes <laughs> has been there,
4: absolutely. Uh, all right, we'll take our break. Uh, when we come back, a surprise. A surprise. For one, Pamela Maldonado. We'll discuss when we return.
6: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80.